strength like no other. There's something about the name of Jesus. There is something about the name of Jesus. When we call on his name, there is none other. You know what? I love my mother and I love my father, but there's something that they couldn't give me that only Jesus could. You know, I even love my grandmother. She gave me a lot of wisdom, but my grandmother couldn't give me what Jesus could give me. So strength, oh, strength like no other. So we're going to find strength within each other. Oh, Father, strength like no other, like no other, that reaches, oh, from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. It reaches dimensions of life. It reaches every woman. It reaches every man, boy, and girl. But today, oh, he's going to be in this house. We have ushered him in. Oh, strength like no other. So at this time, we're going to have a video presentation. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are funny. You are kind. You are unique. You are worthy of love and affection. You are never too much. And you are always enough. You are precious. You are a diamond, a rose, a pearl, the most stunning of all God's creation. You are worth more than you could ever imagine. Worth more than the numbers on the scale, or the hair product you use, or the shoes you wear. More than how many girls wish they were you, or how many guys wish they had you. More than the price tags on your clothes, or the percentage at the top of your math test, or even the number of followers you have on Twitter. Your worth surpasses all earthly things, because in the eyes of the Lord God, you are loved, and you are worth dying for. Regardless of who you think you are, whether you model in a magazine or you model pottery with grandma, whether you're on the hot list or the not list, whether you're head cheerleader or a high school dropout, whether you're Miss Popular or you've never had anyone you could call a friend, whether you love yourself and love your life or you can't stand to look in the mirror and you feel as if everything in your life is falling apart, whether you're such a winner or you feel like the world's biggest failure, regardless of who you think you are, the reality is, is that you deserve someone who would give up their life for you because you are powerful and strong and capable. Read about the women in the Bible. Esther, Ruth, Martha, Mary. These women changed the world forever. And inside of you, each 
and every one of you is a woman with that same power and that same strength and that same world-changing capability. And your responsibility is to find that woman and to set that woman free. This is who you are. And any voices in your mind that try and tell you differently are from the enemy. And the next time you hear dreams, this is what you say. You say, nah, uh not me, Satan. I am a daughter of the living God, cherished, loved, and adored above all things by the creator of all things for the glory of him who is greater than all things. I am awesome. And please, don't you forget it. How many of you know that you are worth it? How many of you know that you are awesome? That you are wonderfully and fearfully made? And that there's nobody else like you. You are so unique. And we got to know our own self-worth. It is not in a husband or a partner, but we got to stand on our own to know that we are worth it regardless of what we have gone through, what we will go through, what we had to go through to even get here today. I commend you for coming through the rain, the storm, and not only the rain and the storm that we can physically see, but the storms that we have in our lives, that you had the courage to step out to say, not, not enough, not enough, I am enough. You know what, at this time, I'm going to ask our first lady to come and to bring opening comments. And I want you to greet her like she's Michelle Obama. She is the Michelle Obama of our house. So at this time, Sister Marilyn Brown, would you come? Now that's how we greet a first lady. and praises to the head of my life, Jesus Christ, uh, to the pastor in his absence, my husband, Pastor Brown, our special guests, my church family resurrection. While I was, tra I was traveling earlier this week, there was a song that I kept listening to on the plane. And when I returned home, I looked at the theme for this weekend, inspired, amazed, motivated, I am. The song I was listening to was by Helen Redding. I'm not gonna tell you the entire song, but I wanna share a few words from that song that inspired, amazed, and motivated me. And it goes, I am a woman. Hear me roar. 
We are in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend because I've heard it all before. And I have been down on the floor, but no one is ever going to keep me down again. I am wise, but it is wisdom born out of pain. Yes, I have paid the price, but look at how much I've gained. If I have to, I can do anything. You can bend me, but you'll never break me. I am more determined to achieve my final goal. I am strong. I am too powerful to be defeated or overcome. Oh yes, I am woman. Thank you. So on behalf of the shepherd of this house, Pastor Ray D. Brown Sr. and his beloved First Lady Marilyn, our executive pastor, Anthony Cobbs, and his beloved bride, Audrey, and together with the women's ministry team, I wish to celebrate you today for your participation in the I Am Women's Conference. I'm confident this day we have together will be filled with life-giving insights from the Lord. These insights may come from a speaker, during worship, or even last night during girls' night out. But did you know that God also uses moments in your home, on your job, with a few ladies sharing life together? Did you know that God might speak to you around a table with a few women sharing a meal or even a cup of coffee or tea? or with a few hundred women on the campus of RBC today, however he chooses to connect with you to another woman, let go and let God. And did you know God speaks to you when you respond? We often miss the moment because we wonder if he, we should or should not respond back. Is he truly speaking to my spirit? What is it, Lord? And sometimes we ignore what he's saying because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to do that. But God will keep nudging and nudging and nothing will be right until you get it right with God. The ministry flow of our day together is truly designed by the Lord. The Lord gave us our focus, igniting fire power of your feminine soul. After confirming this was the direction of the Lord with a series of unexpected events that occurred to confirm his direction, while these confirmations were helpful, they also began a journey for us. A journey to know what is it that the women of resurrection need? What is it that the women of our community need from us? How can we connect? As it's such, we have woven into the conference a healing thread it's like a gold thread running through a beautiful piece of fabric. The healings of our soul will only happen if you allow it and you let it. Let it stand out and cause us to walk in the fire and the power promise us because we are daughters of the King. I speak life and grace and goodness of God over your heart and over this entire day. I am 
inspired, amazed, motivated for our 2018 conference. So when you leave here today, you tell another woman, you were inspired, you were amazed, and you left motivated. You left different than what you came in those doors. You're gonna connect with another woman that perhaps that you didn't know. You're gonna peek into her eyes and just to find out how she's doing. And we're not gonna only do that today. We're gonna continue that. It's a cycle that we have to practice. So what are we gonna do? Be inspired, be amazed, and oh, so motivated. So at this time, I am going to ask the dynamic, the spiritual, our MC for the hour, for the day, I truly love Miss Joe Walker Waters. I've been inspired from her for afar. I've read her book. She is a sister's sister. She is a kind, giving, caring. All those things that we want out of a woman. She is so giving of herself. When I asked her to be the MC, without even hesitation, oh, of course, Sharon, I'll do it. So to have a woman like that as a part of the team, we are in for a treat. We are in for a glorious time. So I'm going to bring to the stage our minister, Joe Walker Waters. Good morning. Thank you, Madam Swisher. <laughs> Everything is so beautiful. First Lady, it's so good to have you back. We missed you. We, mi then we missed you. We missed you. Um, this sea of, is this teal? The sea of teal is beautiful. Teal, turquoise, it's beautiful. But more beautiful than the color are your faces. Say, I am beautiful. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. My task today is to kind of help us to understand how the day is going to flow. Uh, I am so excited. This I am statement has just been uh, just going, I am blessed. I am a, a victor. I am courageous. All of those things that that video, I was crying on the video. That, that was... You never know, and I'm going to get from one end of the pew to the other end of the pew what it took for that woman to get here. You don't know. You don't know when you're sitting there and that woman comes in late and she's just trying to get by you to get a seat and you thinking, oh, she's late. You don't know. You don't know what it took for some of us to get here. You don't know what the week was like. You don't know if somebody got a bad report from the doctor and they're just here trying to get some healing. So that's what um, uh, Sharon is saying. When we leave here, we're gonna leave different than we came in. <clears throat> One of the things that you can do if you have your smartphone, you will be able to find the RBC agenda on the RBC's uh, site, the agenda for today. 
We have some awesome, amazing, wonderful people sharing with us today. Um, and I want to give you a little bit of the bios. Sister DC Marshall, would you stand up and wave at the ladies? Isn't she beautiful? <clears throat> DC Marshall is a sought after international speaker. She's a published author, a certified coach, TV lifestyle contributor. She is CEO uh, of Diverse and Engaged LLC, and just this month was named 2018 Top 25 Influential Black Women in Business. Yes. I am amazed. And Top 25 Leading Women Entrepreneurs. She is a Wall Street alumni, former corporate executive and leadership trainer for Fortune 500 companies such as Merrill Lynch, Prudential Securities, Moody's Investor Services, Johnson & Johnson, and New York Times. She is a Capitol Hill go-to for women leaders. Women of, in Congress call on Sister D to convene or co-convene women's initiatives, to gather local women, to plan the mobilization of women, to provide insight whenever they need a fresh, young perspective on connecting women. She has coached the First Lady of Bermuda and was called upon by the Premier of Bermuda to work with the top women in that country. She is a genius in mobilizing women and leveraging new media. She established a community service movement in the height of the recession by leveraging social media to grow to a network of over 200,000 in three countries and over 25 U.S. That's, you are amazing. <clears throat> she is a survivor and a go-to on career transitions and reinvention. She has endured many corporate restructures. She made it down 33 flights of stairs at One New York Plaza on September 11th. That alone. If we didn't say anything about you, anything else, you are a survivor. In 2016, Dee was invited to dinner with Hillary Rodman Clinton when she gathered approximately 50 faith leaders from around the country at Mother Bethel AME Church in Philadelphia. Precursor to that invitation, Dee had six years of access to the Obama White House, where she was called to take a seat at the table for White House policy briefings. Plus, when Michelle Obama gathered African-American women leaders, Dee was at the table. You are amazing. There is so much about Dee Marshall, and you're gonna learn so much more about her today as she shares with you. Sorsha Brown, would you stand up? Yes. With a passion for people 
and a heart for the broken. Sorsha ministers a message of hope, inspiration, and healing. She is driven to communicate wherever she goes that God has designed each of us for greatness. Before you were formed in the womb, he had a purpose and a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. Minister Sorsha has been active in ministry for over 25 years. However, after receiving a bachelor's degree in biblical studies from Indiana Christian University and her Texas ministerial licensure, her passion for sharing God's word has become extremely clear. Minister Sorsha has served in various ministries within the local church. She serves at Higher Dimension Church in Houston, Texas. After traveling to South Africa in 2004, she later funded a 501c3 nonprofit in 2008, where she serves women and children affected by HIV AIDS and poverty on the continent of Africa. And she will be the first to tell you that Africa has her heart. She desires to see men and women saved healed and set free so they can live out the divine plan for God in their lives. Thank you and welcome to RBC. Deborah F. Bell, would you stand and wave a hand? <laughs> Deborah F. Bell is a licensed minister, motivational speaker, and professional coach. Currently, Deborah serves at the Church Without Walls as part of the leadership team with the Kerygma Ministry or the Preachers Team. At uh, the Church Without Walls, she facilitates classes for the Mosaic Women's Ministry and Christian Education. She has worked both in public and private sectors of the marketplace. She currently works at Houston Baptist University as a career counselor. Deborah's primary work has been providing coaching services to professionals and executives in transition. I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Planning retreats for women and participating as a speaker for events. Her work includes serving on two local church staffs, the Church Without Walls under Ralph D. West Sr. and Kayanos Community Church under the, during the tenure of Yolanda Palmore and Joe Palmore. Deborah is the owner of P3 Coaching and Consulting. She has a bachelor's degree uh, in science, a bachelor of science degree, a master of divinity degree, and is pursuing a master of science degree in management and entrepreneurship. There is nothing like being prepared for your assignment. She don't have that, but I threw that in there because that preparation is key. You can have a gift, but you need to allow God to prepare you to minister. I just, I just threw that in there. She has one daughter, Akita Minor Hobbs Warren, two sons, Quincy Minor Scott with Candace, and Philip Carl Minor along with three grandchildren. She is recognized as one who loves teaching the word of God so hearers may become doers. And like all of us should have a favorite scripture, Hers is Galatians 2 and 20. Let's give a round of love. We are looking to be blessed. You all may come on up to the panel. 
So what we're getting ready to do now, ladies, and those of you that found it on your RBC app, we are moving into the inspired session um, of our conference, Overcoming Obstacles. Our moderator is Sharon Swisher, and of course, our special guests. And they'll say a little bit more about themselves throughout the day. And I will come back after this session. Thank you so much, Well, ladies, again, welcome to San Antonio. We wish it was sunnier, uh, but it's bright inside. Yeah. Sister Joe gave some introductions about you, and there may be other facts that you want to share before you go into your story. So if we would start with Minister Brown. Bell. Bell, I'm so sorry, Minister Bell. I am just so excited to first be here uh, in this house with you ladies and this I am conference, inspired, amazed, motivated. Uh, but I'm also so elated to sit on the platform with these beautiful, talented, uh, just amazing uh, women of God. I don't know that there's very much more I would say necessarily about me before going into my story, but I can say to you that one of the things that I, I've learned to live my life by is this. When you've been given much, you should give much. I have uh, young women, I have a group of women at Houston Baptist University that I've been assigned to mentor. And one of the things I realized with this assignment was this is something that I've been doing throughout my life. Uh, one of the young ladies that I've mentored since she was 19, is now an elder at the Potter's House. She's written two books. She is a speaker. She has a radio talk show. Uh, just an amazing young woman. But I was so grateful to be a part of that foundation. So uh, mentoring and giving back, giving back to other people is vitally important when God has given you much. Thank you, Minister Bell. Minister Sorcia Brown. Well, good morning. I'm just so grateful to be here. I want to just thank our First Lady. Y'all celebrate the First Lady of this house, First Lady Brown, and then Minister Sharon for having me to be here today. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited. I believe God is going to inspire us like never before. He's going to show us just how amazing we are, and I believe he's going to give us some motivation to go on and fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives. My greatest heart and my greatest passion is to minister life and hope to women, and so I'm so honored for the opportunity to be before you today, and I pray that you're blessed today by this ministry, by this moment. Thank you so much. Ms. D. Marshall. Oh, what can I say? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, gorgeous, greatness, beautiful, fabulous. I, too, am uh, delighted to be here. I'm honored, honored humbled, um, got in after midnight last night, and uh, but pressed my way and knew that God had an assignment for me, so I've asked God to move me out of his way, out of my way, that he can have his way. The one thing that I would add, um, because all of what you shared on that bio was, I said, oh, okay, that sounds nice. And I was waiting for her to get to the good part. And I will say the good part is, if you don't remember anything else, remember this about who I am. I am a daughter of the king. 
I am a daughter of the Most High God. And so I'm not impressed by myself. So the, the bio was accurate, but I'm not impressed. I was waiting for her to get to the good point, the good part, and that was that I am a daughter of the King and I am on, a, on assignment. I am 100% sold out. I am here by divine design. And so I'm looking forward to what God would have in this moment, and I am the founder of Girlfriends Pray Ministries. We're over uh, 100,000 women around the world, 200,000 women around the world in three countries. I think we left that part out of, um, out of the bio, but it is Girlfriends Pray, a ministry, uh, a prayer ministry for women. And so I'm just excited to be here, and I'm looking forward to supporting and serving you on your next level and whatever it is that God has for you. Thank you so much. And we are glad that you weathered the storm so you could share those shoes with us this morning. I am the vice president of the shoe ministry because, <laughs> but my road manager is clearly the president. When you stand up, Butterfly, when you see her shoes, she is the president of the shoe ministry. And so get her shoes first. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Come on back, come on back. When we were upstairs just getting a meeting and greeting each other, and she used that phrase, um, shoe ministry, I said, oh, well, we're going to start one here at Resurrection. So there will be a sign-up sheet in the back. So if you want to be a part of the shoe ministry, please see me. Okay. <laughs> Ladies, take this opportunity to even share your personal story or share a struggle that you've had to overcome. We've all had those ups and downs, those valleys, but what's your story? Minister Deborah Bell. I was hoping you wouldn't call me first. Okay, um, Minister Sorcerer Brown, we're gonna do a rewind. Minister Sorcerer Brown. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Thank you. Um, well, I, I think as I was meditating and just thinking about what to share in this moment, I, I think one of my greatest struggles for sure that I've overcome is just starting the nonprofit. As they mentioned in my bio, I was a little girl raised in a small town called Refugio. Does anyone know where Refugio is? Okay, some people, some people got me in here. Good to know. Some people got me. And I got impressed upon my heart in, in early 2000, this desire to go to Africa this desire to travel. And I was like, God, what are you doing here? I would hear stories of the poverty, hear stories of the epidemic that had hit the continent. And I was always in a place of prayer and praying for it and going, God, how can I, how can a little girl from a small town of like 5,000 people impact a continent? Has anybody ever had God speak a vision or a dream over your life? And you think, how in the world could I? I thought about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was like, I can't, I can't even hardly communicate well, God, how can you send me to a nation? And God began to deal with me. I began to serve in Houston and serve in my community. The AIDS Foundation of Houston I served with for like four years as a minister, as a coach there. And then God began to expand me and give me this dream of going to South Africa and making a difference. And I'm here to tell you, when God gives you a dream, there will be obstacles along the way. I ran track when I was in high school and throughout my high school career. And many 
times I would tell myself, just one hurdle at a time, Sorsha, just one hurdle at a time, just one hurdle at a time, and before you know it, I'm at the finish line. Just like in that illustration, many times when God gives you a dream or a vision, you have to get over one hurdle at a time. It may be somebody telling you, listen, that dream is foolish. Listen, why don't you just give? I'll never forget being so heartbroken. One of the individuals I looked up to said, why don't you just give to one of the organizations that exist? Why do you think you need to found something? Why do you think you need your own nonprofit? And there were many years of uncertainty and prayer and toiling with, God, how do I do this? And God continued to strengthen me. He continued to bring people in my life that would bestow favor upon my life, that would give to the vision, that would hear me out, that would say, let me help you form a board, Sorsha. Let me help you apply for your 5013C. And God surrounded me in this season with people that would help. At the same time, there were still the voices and the naysayers. I want to encourage you this morning that you need the naysayers. You need the people telling you you can't do it. You need the woman that rubs you the wrong way, the guy that gets on your nerves because those individuals strengthen you. They fortify the call of God inside of you. And it was those individuals that caused me to keep pressing forward, keep moving toward the vision. And my first trip there was in 2004 and I went with my pastors. My pastor and his family went and I was the only person. He looked over at me one Sunday and said, we're going to Africa and you're going with us. We're going to Namibia and we're going to South Africa. And that was my first exposure and we preached all over the continent, I mean all over South Africa and Namibia and I served and I sold books and I sold tapes and I just begin to say God well you're going to be faithful in this moment because I believe when you're faithful of a few things God will always elevate promote you one hurdle at a time one step at a time God will elevate you and I begin to be faithful just serving with my pastor and his vision for missions and God began to open and expand doors for me. This December will be, I want to say, my eighth trip to South Africa. And I'm so excited for what God will do in December as I go this time to see women, to see children healed. Through Destined to Live, which is my nonprofit, we've been able to rescue women. We've been able to help children, put children through school, adopt shelters, renovate schools. There have been several things, but along the way, I'm telling you, the vision may tarry, but it will come to pass. Come on, the vision may tarry. It may look like you'll never get to where you want to go. My vision was to touch a continent. Maybe your vision is to be a dynamic mother. Maybe your vision is to complete your education and get your degree. The vision may tarry, but when you trust in God, when you pray and when you seek his face, it shall come to pass. Amen. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Minister Sorsha Brown. Now we have Minister Deborah Bell. Amen. Thank you so much. That was amazing. You know, when you hear other people's story, it encourages you to know that you too can. Amen. That was a passage of scripture that just has been a part of my life for uh, probably the last five or six years as I started women's retreats. And it was out of this passage of scripture that God really began to help me to see why the struggle, why the pain, why the adversity. There may be people in the audience, you may be asking that question, why God? Why am I going through this? The passage of scripture is found in Isaiah 43, verses two and three. And it says, when you go through the waters, they will not overtake you. When you pass through the flood, it will not overwhelm you. When you walk 
through the fire, you will not be burned. And that third verse says, because I am the Lord, the God Almighty, I am with you. And when I ran into that passage of Scripture, it was at a time when I remember sitting on the side of my bathtub and I was preparing, uh, just a, a download was happening about going through transitions, life transitions. A friend of mine had asked me to speak on that topic at an event she was doing. And I was just sitting there and I've been pondering transitions. Life is filled with swift transitions. None on earth unmoved can stand. But if we hold, if we hold, to God's unchanging hand. We can get through those transitions. And so as I reflected on the transitions of my own life, one of the things that I realized is I understood what loss was at a very early age. I lost my mother when I was six years old. I didn't know my father until I was 12. So already in my life there had been uh, a banner held over me that said she will not succeed. She doesn't have what it takes to succeed. And that banner seemed to be repeated by people in my life, even people who were close to me, people at my church who didn't think I would make it. And make it doesn't mean that you have cars, clothes, things. Make it means be successful and accomplish the thing that God has purposed for your life. So I spent a lot of time in my life after that loss and many other losses. I had three sisters who all died within three years of each other. The first two died less than six months, two months apart. So then I was left to wonder who, who, who will be my confidant? One of my sisters, Tootsie, she was mama to everybody in the family. After my mother died, who's going to be mama for me? And then my middle sister, she was the one who I could tell all of my secrets to, and I knew they wouldn't go anywhere. Who would be the one? So I, I spent a lot of time, even in adulthood, trying to figure out what is my purpose? What am I really passionate about? And what I realized is I could do plenty of things well, but I didn't have that thing that I was passionate that drove me. And finally, I realized my passion was what I gave to other people. I was passionate about teaching and training and developing others. Because as God began to do that in me, he allowed me to open up and do that in others. Uh, I could see myself doing it at the Church Without Walls. Over 200 or so uh, uh, leaders were trained at the beginning of our ministry at the Church Without Walls, and I was the one who led that effort. Uh, everywhere I've gone, that has been the thing that I've done. But the trial that I'd like to share with you, the, the, the difficulty, the challenge that I'd like to share with you is about my first retreat. The first time, uh, that I went on a prayer retreat. And it ended up being three different retreats that I went on, and God arrested my heart about doing this for women. Women who, like me, had a problem with understanding purpose. Women who were like me, who couldn't quite figure out what they were passionate about. Women like me, who had gone through struggles, but still hadn't quite figured it out, giving to everybody else, but didn't understand their own purpose. So, 
God open up an avenue. I had no money. I had a business partner who at the last minute chickened out because she said, I don't have the same level of faith that you do because there's no way we can do this retreat with a $9,000 budget and no money. I didn't hear God say stop, so I kept going. We planned the retreat, raised over $3,000 worth of donations to help women who couldn't afford to come, come. Our goal was 25 women, we had 24. The very last day of the retreat, uh, I had, uh, you know, there's a bill before the final bill when you deal with hotels. And so I had, uh, there was $1,600 I needed to pay the, the hotel. I had $600. I prayed that Sunday morning, last day of the retreat, I said, Lord, we need to pay this bill before the final bill before we leave here today. Didn't know what God would do. Go downstairs, there's this lady who says, I want to make a donation to your ministry. I pull out my phone, set up the square. I didn't even look at her. I said, well, how much would you like to donate? She said, $1,000. And I, I just want somebody to know that when you connect to your purpose and your passion and you follow that to the destiny that God has for you, he provides resources, he provides people, he provides avenues for you to do the thing that he's called you to do. So when you go through the waters, you don't have to worry because God said already he's going to be with you. When you walk through the flood, you don't have to worry about getting burned because he is with you. Thank you, Minister Bell. Thank you so much for those words. Now, Vice President of the Shoe Ministry, Ms. D. Marshall. Well, listen, I'm gonna try to be obedient in um, this, the ask. And so, if I understand correctly, I am to share a challenge or an obstacle that I had to overcome in life in seven minutes. I'm working on this. And so, okay, so nine minutes. So, um, and, and this, and, and what you have to know about, um, well, I'll, I'll take you back to when I was a little brown girl working in corporate America. I had uh, the very first painful moment and painful experience. Y'all not gonna shout off of this. You're not gonna say amen, but that's okay because my assignment is very clear. Uh, I'm not the amen, I'm not that. I'm, uh, the work that God has assigned me to do is to challenge women to action. So not to amen. That's why I haven't been called to the pulpit because the work that I do is to support women in moving from point A to point B. So you're not gonna shout off of this. This is gonna be more of an accountability. Um, but I'll first share my messy story because then it'll qualify me to challenge you on your messy story. Say amen, somebody. I told y'all y'all wasn't going to say amen, and now you're saying amen. <laughs> but in any event, so I was in corporate America, and I was at that time, um, I remember, a favored girl in uh, corporate America. I had a great relationships with my department and with my, my managers. And, and such, and I remember a um, guy named Lenny Greenspan. He was my boss, sort of a matrix reporting. How many of you in, corporate, in the corporate space? So you'll understand the story. So um, he calls me into his office. This was around the time that there was a corporate restructure, um, and he called me in, and, and I think the meeting was all of maybe 30 seconds. And he just said, uh, you know, in the middle of a uh, restructure, he says, um, I'm going to take care of you. 
And that was pretty much the meeting. And, um, and so I left the meeting, and it was, it was really interesting because at, at that time, I had a boss, and she was um, an African-American woman. She was mature uh, at the time. She might have been in her 60s, so she was near retirement, but she was super sharp. Her name was Barbara Moore, and I loved and adored her, but she was out on leave um, or maybe vacation. And something happened during the restructure, and all of a sudden she's out, and now there's a new manager that comes in. So she's a younger woman, she's a sister, and so here I am, the favored girl in my department and in the company, so much so that Lenny and others would say, when new people were coming in, they would point to me and say, you need to meet her and just follow her lead. So they would speak that way about me. But it was when the new manager came on board I'm not really proud to say this, but I was the most vocal, the most disruptive obstacle in her way and in the department's way. I'm not proud to say it, but there were still some issues of me being sore that Barbara was no longer here. There's a corporate restructure. Who is this new woman? She doesn't know anything. She's young. And so um, I went from the highest to the lowest because here I am uh, with this team and I was a leader, but there's a new person come in. You know when a new person come in and you mad that the old person is not here? Cause you like Barbara, right? She's a, uh, you know, she's a seasoned woman, salt and pepper hair. She was the mentor kind, you know, and she was really, uh, you know, mentoring and coaching us in the workplace. You know, how many of you in the workplace, you had that woman, you know, to see mature woman of a certain age, African-American woman who just love on you, prop you up, guide you, you like her. But then the young brown girl comes in, like wait, time out, hold, and so, during that season, um, I ruined my opportunity. My biggest challenge in that season of my life was getting out of my own way. My biggest challenge was me. It was the very first time, a very first experience in my life early on where I had to walk through being highly favored, um, great favor, being number one, and then not having a story of other people trying to take me out. That's not my story. I know some of you in here, you think everybody on your job is trying to take you out and she's not for you, he doesn't like you, they don't like you because you're this, that, and the other, that you don't have the same pedigree or the same background, you don't look like them, right? You know all the other people who are out for you, they're out to get you. How many of you in the room know there's some people on your job, they are out to get you? You know, I know, right? Raise your hand. You know there's some people that raise your hand. No, really, just real talk. You know the people on your job. I'm I'm so glad not everybody in the room raised your hand because the truth of the matter is my story is your story. No, everybody else is not out to get you. Everyone, and I did say get you, mm -hmm, I did say that. Everyone is not out to get you. When there is a plan, an assignment, a call, and favor on your life, when God is taking you someplace, it is not always that there are other people. And so in that season, very early on, 
I learned and I had to overcome the obstacle of me being in my own way. So that is the obstacle and the messiness that I want to share at the very beginning of my life is that painful experience. Because what I learned in going from the favored one and the number one to the bottom is um, you can be for or you can uh, be against, but you can't be both. So I was really for the department and for the organization and against. I was against the manager. You cannot be. So that was the lesson that I learned. What I also learned in corporate America is life is 10% what happens and 90% how you respond. And so, um, and I learned that in a season of while everyone else at my job, uh, the brown girls, they had issues about, you know, racism on the job, or I'm black, or I'm from this, or I'm from there. And, and I would say that wasn't my story. How many of you have heard other people's story and everybody has the same story or a similar story? But that's just not your story. And so knowing that that's not my story, I have never had an experience in corporate America where other people were out to get me and that my downfall was at the hands of someone else. That's not my story. I know it happens. I know somebody did something to you on your job. That was just not my story. My story was the opposite, but it only took one time. And so the obstacle or the challenge that was my own that really positioned me, it qualified me to do this work. Listen, I traveled last year across the country, 35 speakers engagements across the globe. The year before, 25. Uh, six years, seven years, Obama at, uh, White House access. Uh, top 25 and all of that. But how did I get there? What happened way back when in my messy story and me getting out of my own way, identifying what my issues were, that it was not somebody else in my way, but it was me. All of that, working through my mess, working through my stuff is what qualified me. And so before you can get to purpose, before you can get to Africa, you have to be willing to do your own work and know when it is that you are in your own way. And so I'm going to go first, and I went first. I told you my messy story, but I believe God has great things in store for you. I know because it's Bible. It's the will of God. It's the word of God. Yes. The word of God is the will of God. And the word says in John 10, 10, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, rich, rich, uh, rich life and an abundant life. But a lot of times on our way to an abundant life, we are in our own way. So my my messiness was self-sabotage in the very beginning. I thank God for the lesson way back when. It was the first lesson. So if you take notes, know that the lesson learned is life is 10% what happens, 90% how you respond. L know that the lesson is you can be for or you can be against, but you can't be both. Decide. And the lesson is, remember, like my manager, Lenny Greenspan, remember what the Lord said, I'll take care of you. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. So at this time, we're going to take some questions from the audience that may be something that they've said uh, that you may want to ask a question about or something that they didn't say that you're interested in knowing. So I'm going to ask... 
Minister Tequester, if she would come and get this microphone. And if you have a question, you'd come to the middle of the aisle so it would make it easier for Minister Tequester. Good morning, ladies. Welcome to San Antonio and to Resurrection Baptist Church. Um, a question that I, I'm dealing with, and I'm sure the ladies are dealing with uh, at work, is how do you deal with sexism in the workplace? What advice can you give to someone dealing with it? When you say sexism, I think I know, but I don't want to make assumptions. Okay. Um, not being respected by men in the workplace. Um, having to uh, be heard, make your voice known, those kind of things. Okay. It sounds like two different things. So was one, when you say sexism, so I'm sorry, say it one more time, because I heard two things. I want to make sure I answer. Okay. Just um, being heard in the workplace, being respected. Um, you can, a uh, different, differential it. treatment between men and women by men, that kind of thing. Okay, so I think there's two different things here. When you talk about sexism, just in terms of feeling of offended or inappropriate uh, conversations, right? So um, I would ask, have, um, has there ever been a conversation? Because part of, I think, how a, a, a good way to manage when we are offended, whether uh, in any way is having a conversation is always the first, the first response is to have a conversation. Having a standard and letting the other person know that you have a standard, what you said did was inappropriate. In fact, I'm sorry, on the strength of Serena Williams in the name of Jesus, you owe me an apology. I'm a mother, I'm a daughter of the king, and you owe me an apology. I'm sorry, I just felt the Holy Spirit just rise up on the strength of, because she gave us an example. Is anybody familiar with Serena Williams? Did you see the encounter? If not, this is your homework for today. And the homework is just on the strength of she was offended. She didn't believe that how she was approached was appropriate. And so I think she gave us an example and she empowered every woman to now respond back. Not react, but respond. And it is, and because you know what? They may or may not know. It may be um, that it is, um, I'm gonna say conscious or unconscious. I'm sorry, but the Holy Spirit just rose up and said, girl, here you go, Serena Williams. But uh, so that's one way to respond. It's always going to be to have a conversation. And then it's going to be to have a conversation with the powers who be, right? And then whatever the reaction is you or response is, you get to decide whether or not you want to be in a place that does not value who you are and who God called you to be. So that's, that's the sexism piece. Does that make sense? And then the second part of it in terms of voice being heard. So I run a company and we do coaching, executive coaching for high level, high ranking, high profile women. And then we do a program, it's spiritual growth and personal development for women. 
And part of that voice being heard and confidence, that's personal development, I would say. So don't always assume that it's connected to the sexist part, although it probably is, but you still have to do your own work in terms of personal growth and development. Say personal growth. Everyone in this room should have a personal development plan because in a personal development plan, it allows you to work on yourself so that when you show up in the meeting, even though there is a disconnect and there, you know, women and men, we operate different, but still your best response is to work on becoming all that God called you to be. It's called personal development. And what we do, um, I'm, a, I'm going to apologize, is um, we don't always invest in ourselves. We spend on ourselves rather than invest in ourselves. And so it's easy to go out and buy handbag and shoes and not question the cost. But if there is a program or professional development for our culture, it's not our default to say, here's my card. So let me stop right there. Thank you. Minister Brown or was that, Minister I'm Bell, so, do you have a comment? Is that helpful? Do you have a comment on that? Okay. Is there another question? Hello, every, everyone. My question is, how do you get to your next level in your purpose when you don't fully understand the corporate arena where you currently are, especially after a career change? I went from oil and gas to medical administration because of a location change. So trying to get to the next level and it's a new arena for me. They didn't hear the whole question, ma'am. Can you repeat it a little bit louder? How do you get to the next level in your purpose when you don't fully understand the corporate arena where you currently are? I went from oil and gas to medical administration, and I'm just trying to get to the next level, and I don't fully understand the arena, and I don't have a lot of people there who look like me, so I don't have a Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point that you make at the end of your statement because that's where I would begin. I think that in order for you to, Dee talked about personal development, that's the first thing that you need to be engaged in, uh, understanding growth areas. Where do you need to grow so that you're ready for that next level? But the other thing is where you stop, and that is finding a mentor who will help you in the environment where you are. Because sometimes you're in an environment and you don't see all of the unspoken rules. You don't see all of the connections that you probably are running straight over and inhibiting your uh, elevation in the middle of where you are. Um, my last job at a, in corporate America um, in an outplacement firm, the regional director came in to just really fix everything that was wrong with our office. And when she came, she was an observer. She watched everybody. And somehow God connected me with her, and I received a promotion. But what she did for me was every week I'd meet with her, and she would make sure that I understood the transactions that had happened during the week so that I wouldn't make the mistakes of 
uh, just inappropriate responses and interactions with people who are connected to other people that you just don't know those things when you first come in. So finding someone within the organization, asking God to lead you to someone who can be a mentor, someone who is ahead of the game more than you are, so that they've been where you're trying to go and that they can help you in that process of moving forward. I think that it is important also that you invest in yourself. There are so many of us, we, we depend on where we've been to take us to where we're going. Where you've been will take you to where you've been. So if you really want to move forward, then you do need to invest in yourself, invest in a coach, invest in some programming uh, for self-development, leadership training, things that will help you to move forward. I saw you move. Dee? Yes. So I would say this, um, and based on what I heard you say, you connected purpose with your career transition. And I would say that's two different things from what I heard. You may not have meant it, but when you said you're trying to transition from this industry to another industry and how do you clarify purpose, I think I, those are two different things. Are you trying to solve for next career move or are you uh, trying to step into your purpose? It may be one and the same, but it probably is not. And so those are two different things. So when we work with women, I I'll ask, are we working on your next career move or are we working on purpose? In other words, who do you want to be? So I think that's the first distinction. So maybe to verify, am I looking for my next career move or am I trying to align with the purpose that God created me for. Because we all have a purpose, actually two. Purpose number one is to glorify God. Purpose number two, so there's a, there's a universal purpose and there's a unique purpose. Say universal unique. Your universal purpose is to glorify God. So that is until we find our purpose, then just show up as daughter of the king. We're going to talk about that when I, show, when, when, we, when I get up here in a minute, right? And then you have a unique purpose that is attached to your gift. That's your unique. So the gift, the dominant gift that God gave you. So I would say action number one is to verify, are you trying to find the next career? Or do, are you now asking the Lord, to Minister Deborah's point, Asking the Lord to reveal, confirm, clarify, purpose. Does that make sense? Then invest um, in whatever, whatever the next thing uh, leads you to. Investment. Make sure that your bank account, make sure you don't have a, a handbag, a shoe, or a vacation in a calendar year that is a bottom line number over and above what you invest in yourself. In fact, let me ask this question. Anybody here has aspiration, have aspirations to do what Minister Deborah, Minister Sorsha has done? Anybody? Or Dee Marshall? Anybody? I thank you for being transparent. Anybody have aspirations to do what Minister Deborah or even Minister Sharon uh, or Minister Sorsha? So we have about 10% of the room. Thank you for being honest. Then, and, and even for the work that I've done. Then the path 
was to identify purpose and to invest. I invest every year, and I'll give you numbers just so you know, because I believe you, you need a coach. When you do hire a coach, make sure they're seven levels ahead and make sure they have a coach and make sure they can share numbers of what and how they invest in themselves. So I've invested annually 5K, 9K, 16,000. This year it was a program for 6,500. Um, when I could not afford it, I'd go to the Barnes and Noble. I'd buy a book. If I couldn't afford the book, I was reading the book in the store. So even if you don't have it, you still need a plan. You still need to be working on something specific in a calendar year. So it becomes a book, a free book, then buy a book, then buy a program. When I couldn't go to the conference, I bought the, bought the, the self-study. Then, so, so your investment in yourself should be increasing and evolving in the number and in the investment. The more you invest in yourself, the more, the greater your return, your ROI. The more I invest in myself, the more return or the greater the return, not just in dollars and cents, but in terms of opportunity. So I continue to invest in myself. I'm still, we're still talking to the sister here. Anybody getting value from this in the room? Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. Does that help you, sis? Okay. Thank you. Ms. Fran? God bless you. Um, I have a question. I recently was blessed to get my degree in communications and public relations. I already worked for the state of Texas for 27 years, but my heart and my purpose is to be a public relations liaison for the community. I want my own business. Can you share with me uh, some of the resources that God put in your path to bless you, to be entrepreneurs, and to help you to be where you are today? Because that is my dream, and it is in my heart. Uh, I believe it is the purpose that God has called me to do. I just need to find out what resources did God put in your place that you tapped in that blessed you to uh, be where you are as entrepreneurs. Well, I'll, I'll share this. I believe I shared a little bit as I was talking. I believe as you're faithful in where you are, God will begin to ex enlarge and expand your territory. I'll share with you, I started off just serving in my local church in the mission department. From there, I began to serve, serve with various organizations in downtown Houston that fed the homeless. And I would get up on Saturday morning, go serve soup, love on people, pray for people. How can I help you? Do you need toiletries? And I started in my community just helping. I I mentioned the AIDS Foundation of Houston, um, a great organization, but there was so much that I saw and experienced that I had to calibrate through, because Sorsha, your face cannot show something when your heart is trying to minister. Okay, so I had to grow through those things. And I think as you're faithful in the areas that you're serving in right now, you will see that God will begin to expand you one person at a time, one contact at, at a time, one individual at a time, because God will connect people to you. Where there's vision, God will always bring provision. You don't have to worry about money. There were, as I was growing and, and serving in, in Destined to Live, I used to say, God, how am I going to get the money? But what I have always found in my life is God will bring provision and he will open up a door that no man can close when you're faithful with what you're doing. 
You have to be patient, continue to pray and labor where you are, and you will see God begin to expand. And don't despise the, the small beginning. Sometimes we're frustrated and we're angry and we're like, God, I want to be here. You got me right here right now. We get agitated and angry because we're not where we want to be in life. But when you are faithful, when you love on the person, for me in downtown Houston, God will again begin to open a door so you can love on the person in Namibia, in Egypt, and other parts of the earth. And I know that's not your dream and vision, but what I'm saying is start where you are. Be faithful where you are. Pray and seek God, and God will begin to draw people to you. I always say this. This is a confession I speak over my life. Like a magnet, God, you draw finances and people to me to be a blessing. You know magnets come together. You can try to pull a magnet apart, two magnets, and they will, like, connect together. And I believe God will bring resources and people into your life as you keep your heart pure, as you're faithful where you are. I'm a living testimony. He will allow you to live your wildest dreams as you're faithful with where you are. Some, uh, just some basic uh, resources that are available. Uh, SCORE, the Small Business Association, those places have so many resources, templates to start your business. How do you write a business plan? There'll be executives and professionals there who can assist you with the startup and what you need to do. Connecting with a business coach is another great way as you begin to kind of put things together and figure out where you're headed with the business. But I would say take a look at some of the free resources that are available and, and really investigate to see if you really do want to start a business. What is it really going to take? Spend some time researching who's out there already doing what you're doing. Uh, have some conversations. But do your research first before you just jump in. I just jumped in. I didn't. I, didn't. I like that. I did too. I did. I did too. I, I so applaud you for asking the question about resources because what it says is you are committed and invested, and you know, in addition to and over and above prayer and serving, that there's probably some other things. So it was a, an appropriate question. Um, and in addition, um, I would share. So, um, so networking organizations. You should be networking, I would say, uh, if you're just, depending on where you are, either once a week, uh, maybe if you're really already networked, that might be once a month. So networking locally, and then networking if there's conferences of PR, because you said it's PR. So I would, so it would be a conference of PR, communications, journalism. I would kind of hang out with those folks. All of those um, fields have professional organizations and conferences. So for instance, there's a national co uh, National Association of Journalists, I think there's synergy there, right, with your field. I'm not saying that's it. So I would look up that conference. Um, the, I would look up uh, Colorcom, which is an organization founded by an African-American sister, and so it's, it's women of color in communications. So that would be a network. Um, in fact, I'll give you a name, Zoe Ziegler, follow her and, and Les, uh, Zoe Ziegler, who's um, part of that organization, follow her. Um, look up national associations of 
PR professionals. In fact, for everybody in the room, whatever industry you desire or aspire to, there should be a national association of such. And those organizations have memberships and uh, 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 networking events. And you can go, even before you become a member, you can just go and see if it feels good, if it feels right before you commit. So that's another that you might do. Does that make sense? Um, and then following everybody online who is in that space. So this would go to Minister Deborah's point about the research. So if you're on social media, you can find all of the PR people, but follow them and then look at who they are following for insight around networks and who's the champion in the space. So you should research, again, to add to Minister Deborah's point, a, a bit of clarity. Identify who is the uh, the champion in the space. Who is the LeBron James or who is the Serena Williams in the PR space? And then follow them and see where their network, see if you can find their bio so you can see, identify kind of what they've done and what contributed. Is this helpful for you? Um, I'd also connect with um, a, a mastermind group. Um, excuse me, a mastermind group is something you could do and invest in. I see we have a couple questions, so I guess I'll move because there's a, there's a man. Is that, that helpful? Awesome. So just as a plug, on September the 29th, RBC's Business Network will be having a seminar from 9 to 2, and they're going to have individuals to, um, to talk about startup businesses and individuals if you're wanting to do something with local, state, and federal government as well. So I would encourage you, if you have uh, interest in that, please come that evening, that morning. We have three more questions on the floor, and then we're going to move on to our next section. So Karen? Okay, great, thank you. Um, I just wanna know, um, you know, when you feel like, you, when you know that God has already given you your purpose, but when you look to the left, there's a naysayer, you look to the right, there's a roadblock, and then you look straight, and then you run into self-doubt. So my question is, is that um, if you had to, to go down that road of self-doubt, what is the one thing that you can say to, to, to me or any other woman that may have been, that may be experiencing that, what did you say to yourself? What did you do in that hour of self-doubt? Zechariah 4, 6, it says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. D, not by your education. D, not by your access. D, not by your contacts. D, not by your associations, your designations, not by your Dr. D.C. Marshall, not by your Wall Street Journal, Wall Street story, will you be successful, D, but by my spirit. And in the moment of doubt, birthing, girlfriends pray, this ministry where I had no background, God, what is this? I'm not the minister, I'm not the pastor, I'm not the preacher. Although my disrespectful minister girlfriends will say, D, you are the preacher, so stop telling people that. Um, but the word was that God gave me in that moment. And it, it, it released every doubt so that I could boldly sit here and sit in the presence of greatness was Zechariah 4, 6. So understanding, in fact, write it down. Don't memorize the scripture, ask God to make the word a reality in your heart. 
because then you'll be able to walk it out. You won't, uh, you won't be, you, you don't need to memorize scripture and quote scripture, shout all over the church. And no, I, I can show you better than I can tell you. So ask God to make the word a reality in your heart so that you can live that word that says, essentially, you will not be successful with going forward uh, in your own strength, but it is by his spirit that you'll be able to do it. When I knew that it was God doing it versus little old Dee Dee, because she can't, baby, the strength that well up on the inside of me knowing that, oh, God is at play here. Oh, God is at work. Oh, baby, I'm ready. Let's go. I leave you with Zechariah 4.6. And I would just add to that. I, I think self-doubt or doubt and those days where you question yourself happen for us all. I think we have days where we're extremely confident and days where we're saying, God, I need to rest and rely on you. Understand that that day doesn't have to live on forever. You have to pick yourself back up. There were many days where I thought, how in the world can this occur? But God will continue to fortify you through his word. He will remind you who you are, the, the, the subject of this conference. You, you can be inspired. You are amazing. And God will motivate you to continue on. And so my encouragement would be, don't stay in that place so long. There may be moments, there may be minutes, there may even be an hour, but you have to get up and encourage yourself in the Lord and God will continue to direct you and guide you. And what my sister Deja said, when you know it's not your own power and strength, because in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. When you know it's not by your power, then you can rest and relax and go to bed at night knowing that God's got you covered. And then the one thing that I would add to, to all of that is do it afraid. Even if you're afraid, you have self-diet, do it anyway. Keep going. Don't let those things stop you. Keep walking forward because as you do, you will gain that strength and that synergy and that energy that comes from God, the power of God to, to, to continue. But if you sit. Amen. Our next, we have three more questions on the floor. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for all of you for coming today. It's a blessing to have you. This question is more to Dr. Marshall, is that once you left corporate world, what was your major game changer and what was your major blueprint? Was the question, what was the major game changer and what was the blueprint? After you left corporate America. What was the major game changer? In your life to in my change life? what you were doing. That changed what I was doing. At your job. Can you come to the mic a little closer? Okay. After you left corporate mm -hmm. America, yep. what was the game changer that pointed you towards your purpose? Uh, September 11th and following God. So okay. September 11th, I worked on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. It was a defining moment in my life. In fact, it was actually September 12th. Um, do you remember the terrorist attacks oh, on I was on watching Street? it. I worked at One New York Plaza. I was on the 33rd floor, and I was in my office, and when the first plane crashed and walked across the hall, saw out of my left peripheral, you know, a plane crash. So that was a very um, 
I'll say a defining moment in my life, waking up on September 12th, and these three questions, somebody is gonna wanna write this down. Um, when I woke up on September 12th, it was if I died yesterday, would I have any regrets? Um, the other questions that followed on September 12th on the morning when I woke up and I'm trying to get my head around what happened. Did something happen? Did that happen? It was when you get where you're going, where will you be? When you get what you want, what will you have? And when you have all that you want, will it be worth Christ dying? That was the game changer. It was that moment that I made a definitive decision. Say definitive decision. Definitive. definitive decision that I would not go back to average status quo, mediocre living, that I, pre I press God on all sides. In fact, it's in one of my books. I don't think we have that book with us, but I press God on all sides. I wanted to know God who I am, whose I am, why I'm here, and where I'm going. It was a game changer. So it was September 11th, defining moment, and I decided to follow God, and I have had the most amazing um, uh, life, abundant life, yummy life, perpetual seasons and cycles of winning. And so if I had one message, if I had to leave here right now and I would say I am complete, it is to follow God and the plan that God has for you. Amen. That takes Amen. care of it. Thank you. Our next question and then our last question will come from the two young ladies to my left. Hello. I just want to say thank you for... You're going to have to speak closer into the mic. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, my name is Ingrid Benyard, and uh, I'm very thankful to be here today. And uh, uh, I'm coming at you with something else. Uh, I am retired, so um, my uh, my thought to be here and speak up is: uh, I was not raised in a, a Christian home, and uh, uh, I have been baptized 1984, and I was lukewarm between there in 2006, and then uh, I came to the Lord in 2006. Faithfully, I grew into the Lord. In uh, uh, 2007, my, uh, one of my sons had a severe motorbike accident. 2012, my husband passed away. I loved dearly over 35 and a half years. And, uh, uh, the reason I'm coming here, I have walked in the Lord now since 2006, and I agree what I always hear. The closer you get to the Lord, the more the devil trying to mess with you. And uh, I am asking uh, for prayer because uh, uh, I'm nervous, actually. I'm sorry. Uh, I have beautiful mentors here in Resurrection Baptist Church, beautiful, beautiful people. But I also feel a cloud comes over at times. And uh, uh, I like to know how to handle that in a situation like that when the devil is using people to confuse you or even want you to get out of the church. And uh, uh, it's hard to handle because I was not raised in church. And so, is so so as I understand what you're asking is you're asking for prayer. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and the issue is around how do you handle adverse when the devil is uh, uh, poking at you, 
Okay, so you're getting uh, just some different things from different people that are negative in the midst of a beautiful situation. Amen. Exactly. Most of it is beautiful. Most of it is beautiful. And I have okay. beautiful mentors. And yes. so one of the things that we realize is that while we're all on this journey together, everybody is not at the same place in the journey. But that being said, what we have to do is hold fast to what you know. Turn to those that you know show you love. Lean into those relationships where you know you are affirmed. But then you also need to be able to say to some leadership here, I have this problem and I need support here with this issue so that the leadership is aware and that they can support and help those who may not be as um, open uh, to understand God loves all of us. Amen. Amen. Yes, and we do have great leadership here, and uh, uh, I have wonderful, wonderful people, but there's still some, it's trying to... Uh, well, confuse the, me, confuse me, and, and uh, uh, well, in those times, follow that same pattern. Go back whenever you're having that issue. Go back to the leadership and make them aware, but also lean into those positive relationships where you can be affirmed and loved. Amen. Um, Thank you so much. Okay, Minister Sorcery, did you want to make a comment? Well, I, I was going to say, we're here with a, a group of ladies. I'd like 10 ladies to love on my sister. Can somebody just show her love? Because I think there's strength and power in numbers. And when I'm weak, I believe you're strong. I believe iron can sharpen irons. Can I get about 10 women to just love on my sister? Amen. Listen, I'm going to have to get off this platform and go Amen. hug her. So our last, oh, you, got, you guys are going down there? Yeah, I just think there's strength in numbers. And so when you see your sister hurting, come on, don't give a church look away. Yeah. Give a Jesus look and love on them. Encourage her. Let her know you have her back. Amen. Amen. The Bible says where two or three come together because there's strength in numbers. And I believe as women, we know how to gather. We know how to come together and love and strengthen one another and be there for one another. And even when the enemy tries to show you the sister that doesn't like you, God will show you the ones that are fighting for you. Amen. Come on, that are in the trenches with you that will not let you go. And so we want you to focus on those women who will love on you who will encourage you and strengthen you as you walk through your journeys. Amen. For we know for every one sister that may have a bad attitude, and we know we have some, there are going to be 25 of us who love, who will give a hand up, not a hand out. We, let's do it the resurrection way. Continue to love on our sister. And in fact, won't you hug the sister next to you? Let her know how glad you are that she came today. Let her know that you're glad that she weathered the storm today. Give her that smile. Give her that hug.
as we get ready to take our last question, and we know there are lots more questions and comments that we could say, but we're going to try as best we can to stay on schedule. But the ultimate scheduler is Jesus Christ. And we're going to go with the flow. But we want to be mindful of our guests because some of them have to leave, get on a flight to go back. So I appreciate all the questions, the concerns, the comments, the sharing, and the loving. So as we get ready to take our last question from the two young ladies to my left, So my question is, how do we get to where God is trying to lead us when we, we're not even sure at all where that is? And how do we do that when we're dealing with uh, uh, difficult things like depression and all we're trying to do is get out of bed every day? Did you get the question? Wow, what a good question. I, I, I used to be a youth leader and, and serve in my college ministry for years. And there's, there's, I remember the time of the uncertainty and what is my purpose and what do I do, God, and the strains and stress of trying to fit in and trying to, you know, be a part of a community that you may not feel comfortable with or people may not like you. And I think you have to just continue to trust and know what God has spoken and revealed to you. I think it's the basics of just serving in the house of God, reading your Bible, spending time with God. And I know depression is something that especially we try to ignore and we don't believe happens to us, but there are definitely moments in your life that you feel down, that you feel defeated. But it's what I shared a little bit earlier, is pulling yourself up and knowing you can't stay in that place and surrounding yourself with people. Because there's power when you get around people that are positive. When people are moving in a positive direction, you will go in that direction. I was sharing with my cousin, I had a cousin that lived in my home for about the last year that I've been helping. She's 21 and just, just lost in the world, had just been out there roaming and on drugs and all kinds of things. And I allowed her to come live in my home, but I gave parameters. We gonna go to church every Sunday. You cannot bring drugs in my house. Um, and we're going to walk through this thing together. And I helped her get into counseling and she sent a therapist and we're going to church together and working, working on some issues and some things. And I think it's so important in our community that sometimes we need prayer and we need therapy. Yeah. Come on, we need prayer and we need therapy. Sometimes we, we think prayer, prayer is sufficient. Please don't misunderstand and mishear what I'm saying. But sometimes we need someone to talk to. We need somebody to express and share what we've been through in our lives. And we need positive people around us. There was a season and time in my life where I looked around me and all of my friends were negative. Like all the people I hung with, they were drinking, they were drugging, they were sleeping around, they had no vision. And I was like, God, I do not want this circle, but because I'm a loyal kind of person, it was hard for me to pull away. And I had to make a decision. There was a season in my life, listen, young ladies, cold turkey, I cut people off. I was like, I love you. I'm not trying to be mean, but you got to get up out my life because God is trying to take me somewhere. And I've learned to guard the peace in my life. 
I've learned to guard the energy. The young people say the energy, the energy. I've learned to guard those I let in and out of my life because that will shift your thought processes. And you have to be intentional in relationships and friendships. I've got to hang with people. You've got to hang with people going in a positive direction, trying to finish school, trying to get a career, trying to serve God. If your environment is showing something else, you're not going to go in that direction. My grandma used to say, bad rub off on good, way faster than good rub off on bad. And so you got to make sure that your circle is good and godly and filled with life so that you could have life, so that you want to wake up in the morning and do something. And you have to ensure that you get the help you need as well. I can't say enough that I believe many times we suffer in silence. I'm walking through a situation with a cousin of mine. I know I'm going long. I'm going shut, to shut this down. And a cousin of mine is going through some medical challenges. And I just told her yesterday, sweetheart, you can't go through these level of challenges by yourself. She doesn't want to tell her mom. She doesn't want to tell her dad. Her husband knows some of the information. And I was like, you cannot go through dark days alone. You cannot go through dark days alone. And I believe you have to reach out and get the help you need. Surround yourself by godly people and get friends in your life that are about something. Come on now, that are about something. Well, what a mighty word that we had in our panel discussion. RBC, let's stand to our feet and give our panelists a round of applause. Ladies, thank you so much for blessing us, taking our personal questions, giving us your story, helping us along our journey giving us some nuggets that we can use and be functional in our lives. What a blessing. Thank you so very much. If you'd like, you can make go down there. So you may need a, a short break, but you're not going to get it. <laughs> so right now, we're going to go straight into our video. But seriously, if you need to take your own break to go to the restroom, you don't need us to tell you that. Please make sure you do so. So now we're going to have um, a, video, a video presentation. Let's go! Well, hey there, Resurrection family. Nona Jones here, and I am so excited about joining you this coming Sunday for your women's conference. I give honor to Pastor Brown and your first lady. Thank you for allowing me to come and be a part of what you are doing uh, in your wonderful ministry. Uh, I am so blessed by the theme of this conference. I am inspired, amazing, and motivated. God has deposited a word into my spirit that so well aligns with what you are trying to do because in declaring who we are, we really are returning to the identity that God has given us in him. The truth is, apart from God, we are nothing. But in him, we are everything. We are inspired. We are amazing. And we are motivated. And so I'm excited about being with you uh, and just plugging in to what God is already doing at your church. So 
Just by way of introduction, um, I lead global faith-based partnerships at Facebook uh, as my day job. Uh, but let me tell you, I have at least five full-time jobs, okay? So that's one of them. Uh, I also serve as first lady of Open Door Ministries in Gainesville, Florida, alongside my husband, Pastor Timothy Jones. And I'm also mother to two amazing, brilliant, and bold little boys, Timothy, who is eight, and Isaac, who is five. Uh, in addition to that, I lead uh, a company called eChurch Partners, um, which helps uh, organizations and churches around the world do ministry uh, in the social space. Uh, I'm also an author and I am a preacher and a speaker. And so I just am, am truly privileged and blessed to live a life that honors God, both in my day job as well as every other job that I have. Um, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, and uh, I'm just so grateful to be able to do ministry full time, uh, whether it's through Facebook or whether it's being at amazing and powerful events like yours. So please know I'm excited to join you. I look forward to what God is going to do. I'm coming expecting God to transform lives. And I believe that whenever we come together in the name of Jesus, transformation is guaranteed. So I look forward to seeing you all. I love you already. Uh, and I will be with you on Sunday. God bless you. I love you. I am praying for all of you. Uh, and I look forward to joining you soon. Whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The blood of Jesus has been my game changer. I will no longer allow the generational curses that I unknowingly inherited from my family to hinder my walk with Christ. I am not my father's demons. I am not my mother's demons. I am a daughter of the King. I stand boldly before you today to let you know that I will walk by faith and not by sight. I will be the cycle breaker for my children and my children's children. I will no longer allow my generational curses to permit me to perform illicit sins and immoral thought processes for I am the cycle breaker. I am redeemed. Yes, it is me. I was a wretch undone. I was a sinner living a lifestyle full of sin. Yes, it was me. I was lost doing everything and anything I thought I was big enough to do. I was a sinner on my way to hell and didn't even know it. I just thank God that I had a friend who introduced me to a man. She introduced me to a man and because of the relationship that I developed with that man, I am now 
the scripture says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Therefore, I am no longer bound by my past. I am no longer overcome by guilt and shame stemming from abuse. I am no longer filled with anger and bitterness towards those who have hurt me. I am no longer feeling depressed and suicidal. I am no longer suffering from disordered eating and um, just a discombobulated view of myself, self-image. I am no longer bound by feelings of anxiety and fear. I am no longer overwhelmed with feelings of abandonment. I am no longer struggling with low self-esteem and feelings of inferiority. I am no longer questioning my worth because of the color of my skin. I am no longer blind to my identity in Christ. Today, I stand before you a free woman. Today, I am healed. say 
the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a lender and not a borrower. I'm less going in and I'm less going out. Oh, yes. My children call me blessed. Nations will call me blessed. Oh, yes. My sisters, Blessed. He's so old. This mess, junk, flow, he's so past it. And he gave me his only begotten son. He gave me the ultimate gift. It wasn't nothing that I did. I didn't work toward it. Couldn't work toward it. I don't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But by his grace, I am no longer in bondage. By his grace, I am free. By his grace, I'm restored. By his grace, I am replenished. You know what Tina Turner says? What's love? What's love got to do with it? I am standing here today to tell you, my sisters, love has everything to do with it. It's because of his love I'm redeemed. I'm bought with a price. It is no longer me standing here. It is he that lives within me. I'm under new ownership. I'm under new management. I have new guidelines I go by. Privileges. Hey, you know what? He said in his word, his spirit testifies with my spirit that I'm his. So guess what? Now that I know that I'm his, I can call him Abba. Now that I know that I'm his, I can call him Father. Now that I know that I'm his, I can make this thing personal. I can call him Daddy. Because you know what? People try to count me out, but I called on my daddy. People try to disregard me, but I called on my daddy. People try to knock me down, but I called on my daddy. And since I call on daddy, guess what? I can stand here and say I'm inspired. Since I call on daddy, I recognize I'm amazing. motivated yes. to keep on keeping on because yes. guess what I am a child
continue. I'm going to ask our MC to come back up here because I don't want to get fired up. I am so motivated by what I heard, what I've seen, and what I am feeling.